Starting now, we are not to blink. If you blink, we go back to the start. Infringement. You blinked. Starting now, you are not to blink. If you blink, we go back to the start. Do you often think about how inconsequential you are? No. Do you believe that God will save you from your own ridiculousness? No. Have you ever had intercourse with someone inside your family? Yes. Have you ever had intercourse with someone inside your family? Yes. Who? My auntie. Have you killed anyone? No. Maybe? Not me. Have you killed anyone? No. How many times did you have intercourse with your aunt? Three times. Where's your aunt now? I don't know. Would you like to have intercourse with her again? No. Do you regret this? No. Where's your mother? I don't know, Louie. Infringement. <laughs> ah! What is up and welcome back to another episode of Rotten Potatoes, a podcast where four friends sit around and review movies that you absolutely should have seen already, but at least one of us hasn't. My name's Tyler and I'm here with uh, three of my best friends. I'm Scott. I'm Jake. I'm Zach. <laughs> Zach's in the energy today. <laughs> he's excited. I don't know if you could tell, but uh, he's he's been amped uh, for the last five minutes before we got started. He's a big fan of the master. There's not enough coffee in this world for Zach right now. That's true. That's true. I'm coming <laughs> off of two very, very busy shifts. Oh, I'm so. sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Well, happy to be here with you guys, though. I'm happy to be here with you as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty okay about it. <laughs> you could have stand to not see us today. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. On a gloomy day, what would you prefer to do? I don't know. Probably just sit around and violate a sand sculpture. <laughs> that's what you, you gotta, would prefer to do uh yeah that's what i learned from this movie yeah I was like, <laughs> you gotta give some context to that <laughs> yeah i mean you know presumably they've seen the movie but joaquin phoenix violates a sand sculpture for a long time i feel like i know some people who listen to every episode uh who have not seen that many movies interesting so. For your sake, give yeah, context, I know, please. I, I know a lot of people who are like, yeah, I, don't, I haven't seen like half of the movies you guys have reviewed, but I just like listening to your banter. Yeah, yeah which is nice. It's thoughtful. Yeah. yeah. Or, I mean, it's maybe not a compliment. Maybe we're just that good. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. I, I picked this movie um, because, you know, we've done one Paul Thomas Anderson movie before, very famously, for, uh, for our avid listeners yeah. Tots. If I ever, like, if I was an actor and I needed to get mad, I would just think of that moment where Scott rated it a 5.1. <laughs> and that would conjure up the I anger. I get mad right now. <laughs> let's, let's do it. Let's jump I, in. I'm feeling it happen already. Yeah. I feel, I feel Jake's, uh, his, his uh, energy rising. Yeah. But uh, I wanted us to do another Paul Thomas Anderson film. And this probably isn't like one of his best known, but it is, he, he says it's, in his opinion, his best film. And he didn't think that that would ever change. And, uh, some of his other movies, I was like, I, I don't know if I want to really recommend Magnolia and like have us all watch that and talk about it. Um, or phantom thread or, you know, it's too new, but licorice pizza, that would be a little bit of a, a caustic episode. I think for Jake. Yeah. I didn't like that. And so for me, it was like, all right, well, if, if we're going to nominate one more PTA movie to try and redeem, uh, there will be blood. It would probably be this. So that's that's why we're here. Well, this movie's gonna get a perfect ten for me. So. <laughs> that would be so much more infuriating <laughs> to Jake. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> but uh, uh, I'll t- I'll just say I I like this movie quite a bit. Um, I first saw it with one of my old roommates. Uh, I don't know if he still listens, but shout out Bradley Davis. Uh, and I I just was so enraptured with it the first time and I've wanted to go back and watch it again but it, it's such for me the first time I watched it and this time so intense that it's not a movie that I can like just sit down and throw on in the background kind of thing when I have a lazy Saturday uh, <laughs> and so I was excited to it's particularly funny to me because I watched this movie while I was installing a ceiling fan <laughs> <laughs> why do you do this why do you keep yourself preoccupied when you're watching movies? i had stuff i needed to do when i waited too long on the movies i watched both i watched this and a different movie on the same day because i was like oh crap we're recording tomorrow i'm surprised you didn't watch them at the same time yeah <laughs> i thought about it while you I, were driving i thought about it I actually 
the other one I watched, I actually did watch while I was driving a little bit. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Man, all right. You're great. That's God insane. pays the least attention to these movies and to us. <laughs> I know. Yeah, just in general. It's yeah. just a... Just, just pays less attention. Yeah. <laughs> hey, last time I watched a movie while I was driving, it got a good rating. So that's true. I'll he rated it. Zodiac. It was my high. movie that he was watching while he was driving. So I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> it was yours. You did Zodiac. No, no, no. no. He said he watched uh, the, the usual, usual suspects. suspects oh, while I was gotcha. Only part of it coming uh, up. I had a haircut appointment and I was running out of time and I was like, well, this is going to be playing while I'm driving. You watched nice. the end of that movie while you were driving. No, okay. I watched the like middle hour of it while I was driving. Okay. That's probably <laughs> That's the best <laughs> of the of the the sections to watch while driving. It's like a half hour drive to my haircut. Say, how far away home. was his haircut? Yeah, it was cuz I booked it during rush hour, like so it was just a bunch of traffic to get to my haircut place. But. Okay. Well, uh I had obviously seen this before. Were the rest of th- the three of you all late bloomers to this? I, I was a late bloomer. I had never even heard of this movie until you nominated it. I yeah, I was a late bloomer. All right, well, then uh, I, I'm just going to pick. Well, we can do just the facts. Oh, yeah, let's do just the facts, yeah. So this, as we mentioned, was uh, written and directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. It released on September 14th, 2012, has a runtime of 150 minutes. Uh, the other guys gave this an 84%. IMDb gave it a 7.2. It made $28 million on a $32 million budget, so it actually lost $4 million. Didn't win any awards, but was nominated for three uh, Academy Awards for lead actor for Phoenix, supporting actor for Hoffman, and then supporting actress for Adams. Yeah, this was actually on how how much it made. It was actually uh, like very much an art house film. I think I was reading it only released in five theaters. Wow. Seriously? Yeah. What? That's crazy. How many, how many, I thought you had to release in more theaters than five to qualify for awards and stuff. I, you know, I don't. I, I know it's a it has to be in theaters for 13 weeks or something like that. But they don't have a specification on how many. I don't know. I don't know. It might just be in areas. So it might be like it's it was in five theaters across the United States. And so oh. like it qualified or something like that. But yeah, there is some weird qualification there, Jake. You're right. But it whatever it was, it, it qualified. Wow. Interesting to see that it rated lower uh, than Eddie Fingersnips on IMDb and other guys. Yeah. I like that hybridization of Johnny Fingersnips and Edward Scissorhands to Eddie Fingersnips. Eddie Fingersnips. Eddie, Eddie, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So uh, we'll start with, uh, we'll start, I want to save Scott for last (laughs) since we, I think we talked about, he's the wild card. Yeah. So Jake, we'll, we'll start with you. Um, Yeah. I'm like, I'm having a hard time deciding how I feel about the movie. I didn't particularly enjoy it, but I can't, I don't know that I can in good conscience say I think it's a bad movie. Uh, but I, I wasn't into it. Uh, the first little bit, I was kind of worried it was going to be a bad movie. Like you were saying, like, oh, he wrote a, a collection of scenes before this. Uh, and that was how the movie felt to me. Like, I felt like I wasn't watching a movie. I felt like I was watching a collection of scenes. Yeah, I um, think I agree with you. And I was like, just having a hard time. Like, oh, OK, like I'm, I can't get into this. Like there's what's where's the where's the plot? Like, what's the the the, the through line here? So for first half hour, I was pretty not into it. Um, and then I think it got it got better, but I couldn't get behind anybody, like any of the characters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I had a hard time with that. Um, and I think it's it's just maybe not for me, but uh, I, yeah, I, I think it was good. Like it looked really pretty. Like that I was like striking with that, even at the very beginning, like those beach shots, it looked oh, really the, pretty. All the ocean shots yeah. too, like the water. It was like, oh my gosh. Um, and I think it was well acted for what, like, I think they nailed what they were going for. I just, I wasn't, it wasn't what I was into. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Zach, what about you? Um, I think I probably had a similar experience to Jake. Um, I I feel like I was kind of all over the place with this movie where I started it and I was, it, it took a little bit of time for me to get into it. And then I feel like uh, I I actually was pretty into it for a while. Um, I think when when um, Freddie meets Dodd, uh, from that point on, I I really liked it, and I think I found Dodd to be a really interesting character. Yeah, and I actually like I was I was I would say really into it for a while, and then I really struggled with the last act. 
Um, and I think it left kind of a bad taste in my mouth because Tyler, you and I were texting a little bit like right after I had finished it. And I think I told you like I, I didn't love it. Um, and then like after our conversation, I was thinking a lot more about it. And, and I think that I was remembering parts of the movie earlier on that I did really like. So I think it, it kind of like I think I've warmed to the movie a bit since then. Um, I think I told you that I think uh, so back in season one, I had only seen There Will Be Blood. That had been the only PTA movie I had ever seen. Since then, I've gone back and watched a few. And I think that I've come to the conclusion that PTA is a fantastic director that I don't love. Like that I don't just, I, I don't really vibe with a lot of his movies all that much. Um, that being said, there's parts of this movie that I think are really great. I think on a technical level, it's like, incredible like it's pretty incredible i think i think the cinematography is some of the best i've ever seen in a film like i thought it was just beautiful there's uh there was one shot that i went back and, and rewatched like twice when he's um and, and i don't even really remember the context but it's early on in the film when freddie is working with uh he's like working on that field and they think he poisoned that guy oh yeah and he runs out of whatever like building house he's in and you kind of the the camera's kind of following just him tracking out. him out yeah and like that scene when you kind of get that frame of the outside from from like looking in out from the door and then him running through the field i thought was just really really great uh, i think the acting is incredible I don't love Joaquin Phoenix. It's a very subjective thing for me, though, the same way that Jake can just not like certain people. Like, anytime Joaquin, I think, is in a movie, I feel like I just want to punch his character in the face. Oh, yeah. I think the only times I've been happy to see Joaquin Phoenix in a movie uh, is Gladiator, because you're supposed to hate him. Where he's the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. But that being said, I feel the complete opposite way of Philip Seymour Hoffman. I feel like I just love him in anything he's in. And I, I thought his character was so interesting and so engaging. And I thought Philip Seymour Hoffman was incredible. And I don't mean to diminish Joaquin Phoenix. I think, obviously, Joaquin Phoenix was also incredible in this movie. So I'm, I'm a little conflicted still with how I feel about this movie. And I feel pretty malleable right now. So I'm, I'm interested to see how this conversation goes. Um, but yeah, I've warmed to the movie a bit. It's not my favorite PTA, but I, I think it's I think it's a very well made. I think it's a good film. It's funny. One of the things that you said uh, reminded me of uh, the AV Club had put this in their their uh, their number one movie of the decade, and like reading them like kind of talk about it, uh, they were like, yeah. Like one of the first things they said was, uh, you know, we all went back and watched this so many times and still don't really feel like, like we're settled on it. Like there's, there's just more to unpack, more to like feel differently from like different times of watching it. Uh, and I think that there's, there's something, uh, impressive to that for PTA, but I do think that like, I get what you mean. Because like his movies just in general have almost no resolve. Like there's very little even like plot to Jake's point in a lot of his films. Like it's just sort of like you're just kind of getting like uh, an experience of characters interacting with each other. But it, it almost never really resolves and yeah. it just kind of leaves you feeling. That's what like as you were saying that I was thinking like if you were to ask me what this movie was uh, really about... I don't know. Like, I feel like I would have a hard time really pinning it down. Like, obviously, like, it's about them and their interactions, I guess. But, like, at the end of the day, like, I don't know what I feel like I was supposed to get from it, you know? And, like, like what, yeah, like, what they were really trying to tell me. I feel like I still don't know. That was another thing that I had read, which is kind of funny, this morning about this. Just two, uh, a handful of different, like, uh, written opinions of different critics and one of them had said exactly that. Like, I just, I don't know if this is about Scientology. I don't know if this is about post-World War II uh, soldiers, like, you know, dealing with PTSD kind of a thing. I don't know what this is about. And it was so funny. The the last scene of the movie, this time watching it through, I had this immediate revelation of like, oh, I know what this movie's about. Because you remember it ends with him back on that beach, like, cuddling the the sand sculpture poor poor, mm -hmm. poor poor sculpture i know uh but like it was like oh my gosh like i get it now this is really all about a man's desire to connect with other people like he just like in the very first scene when he's like you know joke 
molesting the the sculpture like it's really just about him wanting to connect with other people but he can't because he's you know in the war and then after that he has ptsd and and the closest connection he has is with a cult leader uh but all he wanted the whole time was just to to connect to be in community to belong but he just his entire life and even the the little like the young girl that he was in love with and then he finally goes back and she's married. Like it was all about him just really wanting to, to belong and to connect, but never could. Mm-hmm. Scott, what about you? Late bloomer. First, uh, initial impression. Should, uh, should we do a guess, a well, guess from all of you guys? First question first? is the fan up and working. Like, is it, did you do that successfully? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, at first, I wasn't sure what you were asking, and I was like, no, "Oh yeah, because I said I was installing the ceiling." Installing, yeah, oh, like yeah. We're watching <laughs> yeah. this movie. Yeah. I was still very lost. Yeah, yeah I was too. Yeah. The fan is up and working. I just can't believe, like, of all the movies to like not pay attention to while you're well. That's watching. the thing is, yeah. I did pay attention. Okay. I thought you meant like, is it like, is it going right now? And I was gonna say yes. It's still very cold. Yeah, as yeah. it always is. In <laughs> it's here. always it's always cold in the shooty house. Yeah. But, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia and it's always freezing in the shooty house. Yeah. When we record these in August, I bring a jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to do a little bit, a little prediction though. Yeah. Let's do a guess. I, I think that you, I think that you liked this reasonably. Like, I don't think you loved it. I don't think you necessarily want to watch it again, but I think you would rate it higher than a 5.1. Okay, (laughs) that's my guess. That's uh, I think that's a pretty solid guess, actually. I'm gonna say the same thing, and I actually think because we talked about us being predictable last episode, I think Scott has gotten to the point where he rates things a little bit more middle of the road than he used to. I don't think he comes in as hot on movies as he used to. Oh Mm. yeah, that's probably true. You shouldn't have said that. I know. Now (laughs) tempting. I can see the gears working. Uh, I'd I'd love a little bit of chaos. Oh yeah. So yeah. Oh no. Can we wait till next week? <laughs> when it's not Tyler's movie? Yeah, I think yeah. we're going to see our first one. I'm like, <laughs> I like I I I was like nervous about this movie uh but especially rewatching it. Like I was like in my head I was like, "Oh my god, like this is going to pull me out of my first quarter slump." And then I was watching it, I'm like, "No, it isn't." <laughs> I've made a huge mistake. I've made a huge mistake. I really really liked this movie. I thought it was really good. Oh. Wow. I thought um, I, I also love Philip Seymour Hoffman. I think he's fantastic in everything I've seen him in. Oh yeah. Um, I also rest thought, in peace. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix did a great job as well. I think he acted phenomenally. This is probably up there for me in top three performances I've seen him in of gladiator. Yeah. And this, and then I would say the Joker. Joker. I think he did really good in, I think that this, this movie had, proto joker vibes especially yeah i literally at one point was like chilled by him a little bit yeah and i was like oh whoever casted him in joker saw this right i i think i told another friend like this movie made me like a little less impressed with him in joker because like i feel like they were kind of just like just do what you did in the master yeah because i feel like this was a better version of like that. Yeah. 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 I agree. Like a more, a more artistic version. Yeah. You mean, yeah, I don't want to watch the Joker again. I feel like I will watch this movie again because I want to like get a beat on how I feel about it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think this was like a, any, in any way, like a feel good movie. Like, I don't know if I would want to really certainly, I don't know if I would want to, you didn't uh, feel really good. Oh, I think you need to rewatch it. (laughs) I don't know if I would throw it on right now. This is going to be like a comeback and watch multiple times type of a movie for me. Sure but I thought it was like executed perfectly. Um, I do think the cinematography was really good. I thought acting all around was really good, but I think the, the two I mentioned were above and beyond everything, everybody else. But I even think like Amy Adams did a great job. Oh yeah. This is uh, a lot of Amy Adams and Vince Vaughn year. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, they're not the same person. This might just Uh, be Amy Adams year after all. Yeah. Oh, cause do we have one more? I think we have one more coming up. I'm not sure, but I wouldn't be surprised. I think we do. Um, we need to apologize to Vince Vaughn. I think I know. <laughs> I will never apologize to Vince Vaughn. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll make some changes to my picks to get some more Vince movies oh, in the, the end of the year. Dodgeball, psych <laughs> the Psycho remake, the Psycho yeah, remake. Yeah. <laughs> I'm down. Um, and then the story itself, like I don't know, it felt almost true, and it felt very um, 
like I don't know. I was like lost in the story the whole time. Yeah, like, I, it just felt very real to me. I thought the acting was phenomenal. Um, and I, I agree. I never really had like a character I was rooting for because I didn't think anyone was really like likable. But I feel like you can have a character that you can get behind, even though they're bad. Like for example, there will be blood or Peaky Blinders. Or yeah, something like like, like I am behind. Uh, you know, what, what's his name and there will be blood or like Tommy Shelby. Like I know that they're terrible uh, and I, I don't, I don't want them to succeed because they're doing bad things. But at the same time, like they're like you, I don't really know how to describe it, but like, well, and, and maybe what it is, is that they're, uh, they're more static characters than maybe these characters were like, these characters were like, we went on a whirlwind with these characters. Uh And so you never really knew, like, it's hard to root for somebody where you're like, you're awful. And then now I feel bad for you, but then you're awful again. And yeah. So like, like I, all that. Yeah. Like I think that you can have somebody you, you can get behind and like somebody to carry a story for me and still have them be not great, mm-hmm. you know? So like, I don't know. I, I still feel like I was missing that here. That's, that's fair. I, I mean, I don't know. I just, I felt like locked into Philip, I know you, you had mentioned earlier they tried to make it more about Joaquin Phoenix's character, but I still felt like the story was about Dodd. Oh, yeah, Dodd was the, by, I agree with both of you guys. I, I, it, so Philip Seymour Hoffman, I don't think I said this on air, but Philip Seymour Hoffman had uh, canceled Paul Thomas Anderson when uh, PTA was writing the script uh, to make it more about Freddie than about Dodd. But I think that was a, I think that was a mistake. I think that Dodd was by far mm-hmm. the stronger character. Yeah. I felt like it hit a really good balance though. Cause you're kind of like, you don't like Joaquin Phoenix's character, but you're also feeling sympathetic for him for how he's being taken advantage of. Yeah. And I, I think that seeing Dodd through the perspective of Freddie was maybe part of what made him so compelling. Yeah. And I think that if we were following Dodd more than we were following Freddie, mm. we might not have, you might not have felt the same. Way. That's a good point. I don't, th- I don't think I disagree with that at all. Like, I think that's a, a really great point actually. Um, but I think subjectively, uh, cause I told you Tyler, like, I think I, part of what made me kind of struggle with this movie was how much we were following Freddie um, because I, I could not sympathize with that character even slightly. And I, I really just did not enjoy, uh, getting to know that character at all. And I think that if we had a little bit more Dodd, like, I think if maybe he was a little bit more of the focus, I think I would have liked this movie more. That's interesting. I have why, a, oh, sorry. I was going to say, I wonder why, cause I feel like Freddie, so, so much of his like negative qualities are like product of his like poor circumstance not necessarily like his own fault which i know like and as we talked about the movie what was the drug movie we watched oh requiem for a dream dream. like that was one of the things like you and tyler both regularly said like oh like i sympathize with these people because like so much of their story wasn't their fault like they they got trapped in this thing and i felt like that was also his story it was just not drugs it was alcohol alcohol ptsd and then alcohol and whatever liquid he could and then find yeah. Drink. yeah the the scene apparently where uh he's like taking ethanol out of a torpedo on the ship and yeah. drinking it and like straining it through a loaf of bread or something like that uh that was uh something that was like a true story i guess that someone had told paul thomas anderson about like drinking jet fuel and drinking ethanol out of a torpedo and all that. Like he mixed, mixed paint thinner into a drink. Oh yeah. Like it was wild. It was, it was <laughs> wild stuff. It killed a guy. I mean, yeah. That's yeah. what they're like. Oh, you're trying to poison him. And he's like, no, I'm not. And I'm like, you kind of are. <laughs> Here's the thing though, is I think he, I took it as he did it on purpose because right before it happened, he actually like looked at, looks at the guy and says, you look like my dad. Yeah. 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 And I took it as like, I seriously, like before any of it happened, as soon as I heard him say that, I said, Oh, he's going to kill him. Oh, wow. I didn't pick up on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think I did either. Wow. Scott, uh, Scott installing the ceiling fan. (laughs) That's a vibe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Kudos to you. That's impressive. I I feel like I could see Scott on his ladder looking. He's like, that guy's going to (laughs) die. I wasn't on a ladder, but I, it kind of was like that. Cause I was right when I was like hanging it, but I was hanging one above my bed. So I was just standing on my bed. Yeah. Um, but I, I literally was like hung it and I was like twisting it to connect. And then that happened. And I was like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> are you are you watching these movies like on your laptop or? It was on my TV in my room. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So we're, we're talking a little bit about, you know, obviously the, the two standouts, Philip Seymour Hoffman, walking Phoenix, incredible performances out of both of them. Uh, how would you guys have felt if, uh, Freddie was played instead by Jeremy Renner? Perfect. 10. Yeah. 10 out, <laughs> 10 out of 10 movie. If you put Jeremy Renner and Reese Witherspoon in this movie. <laughs> yeah. So this movie, uh, got delayed for like 12 years. Uh, but when it had originally gotten picked up, it was uh, Jeremy Renner as Freddie and uh, Reese Witherspoon in Amy Adams' role uh, playing Dodd's wife. Was it just because he took that long to make his album, Jeremy Renner? Yeah, yeah I, I guess so. For yeah, I guess yeah. so. Uh, yeah, I feel like Renner doesn't even have close to the range needed to act alongside Philip Seymour Hoffman. No. I'm yeah, a, who oh. threw Renner's... Uh, name in the hat like what I guess PTA liked him PTA. You know? I, well I don't know Maybe. I mean the casting director but PTA signed off on it he like, saw Avengers and he was like <laughs> yeah I think that's probably why Jeremy Renner ha- couldn't do it. it was probably based on this year it was probably Avengers yeah. right I think 2012 was the second Avengers movie okay I mean from a financial standpoint no, like yeah. Renner I would have you know I would have done Hawkeye too yeah <laughs> I don't no, know if don't, he regrets not being in this movie. I don't blame him for being a major character in the most successful film franchise of all time. Yeah, no, definitely uh, not. But I have a question about Philip Seymour Hoffman for you guys, and I mainly for Scott and Tyler. Did uh, we also know he was dead before recording today? I did not know <laughs> because <that>. yes, <laughs> we all did. Yeah, uh, I didn't know that until five minutes before we recorded. But uh, you guys did not like Orson Welles in Citizen Kane, right? Correct. I felt like he had very Orson Welles Wells vibes in this movie. And I was wondering how you guys felt about that or if you agreed at all. Like it, it felt very similar. So I feel like if he would have played Orson Welles, that movie would have been significantly better. So it's super funny. One of the critics reviews that I read compared their two performances as the, like the, the critic review is that this movie is about American acting where Joaquin Phoenix is emulating like a certain type of actor. I don't remember who. And they said that Philip Seymour Hoffman was uh, Orson Welles. It was kind wow. of driving me nuts the whole movie where I was like, he has this vibe and I can't figure it out. And then at the end, it just kind of fell into place. I was like, that really reminds me of like watching Citizen Kane. So all that is to say, based on the reviews I'm reading, Jake, you're like crushing it in the, you might, you, I think you're an official film critic now. I guess just for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I think you're, you're in, uh, in among the legends at this uh, moment. I, I think it was Roger. Ahead. I think it was Roger Ebert that had said that. So the most imminent critic of all time. That all right. I'm going to stop talking for the rest of the episode. <laughs> Just quit while I'm ahead. Quit. I'm going to. I feel like that makes this. Jake very impressive and makes Roger Ebert a little less impressive. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, uh, Roger, moment. Roger Ebert, by the way, uh, slammed this movie. He hated it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> really? Did he? Well, yeah, he gave it, uh, I think he gave it three, two or three out of four stars, but so he didn't oh, okay. hate it, but like he, he in his, in his like description of it, he said it was like a little Wait, Roger the, Ebert rates out of four stars. Yeah. What a loser. I know. Right. Did he, did this movie also kill him too? No, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you didn't mention it. I mentioned that on air. No, but Philip Seymour Hoffman uh, broke a 23 year wagon ride uh, at the rap party for this, took his first drink in 23 years and then immediately relapsed into alcoholism. Big bummer. And which, died. which like I probably contributed to his untimely, yeah. untimely so he, demise. They he died two years after this released. He wasn't drinking jet fuel. Uh, on set <laughs> he, he, uh, I don't know not on set anyway <laughs> oh that wasn't real not real <laughs> I mean you could have fooled me like he acted uh, like great terrific when like he was, it was like really bad yeah. when, he, when he was drinking it but anyways yeah. sorry so how did like how do you feel about that comparison then and like does it I get it. I I truly understand it. I just think that my opinion is that Philip Seymour Hoffman did Wells better than Wells did Wells interesting that would be my yeah, because I, I liked, I think I liked him in Citizen Kane, if I'm remembering right. But yeah. so, uh, yeah. I liked him too. I liked Orson Welles. Um, and I, I think that's a, an apt comparison. So well done, Jake. Dude, I thanks. think Orson did okay. I think I talked about it in that episode. 
but I feel like Seymour Hoffman would have done a lot better. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. If it, it was remade, today. if it was remade, putting, putting Seymour Hoffman mm-hmm. alive. If it was remade I, eight years ago. I, I want to agree, but, uh, I am supposed to simp for CK. So That's right. I think you're dead wrong. You're not, you're not really committing to this very much. <laughs> I, it was forced upon me. I'm, I'm trying my best. <laughs> Uh, what did you guys think? Cause this had a stacked cast, very mm-hmm. all-star cast, but one of my favorite performances, uh, we've already talked a little bit about, um, you know, the, the two main obviously, and then Amy Adams, but I thought Jesse Plemons as, uh, the son just did a, a terrific job because early on, I thought he was into this whole thing and I sort of felt his, uh, disillusionment with his father as uh-huh. the movie went on. No, yeah, I think he did good. And I mean, who like Rami Malek was in this movie who mm-hmm. I don't particularly like. And I was going to say that uh, I think I texted Zach this two most punchable faces in Hollywood. Right, this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Rami Malek and Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, so I agree. I love Jesse Plemons. I thought he was great. Wait, um, was Ray Liotta in this? <laughs> <laughs> Dang. No, uh, uh, another actor that I really loved seeing pop up. I, I don't remember his name, but he plays, uh, he plays Peter Gregory in Silicon Valley. Oh yeah. I thought that, that oh, was yeah. super funny. To and see that, I think that was my favorite scene of the film. I really yeah. loved that, that exchange between the two. Um, and I, I thought that that guy did a really great job. No. Yeah. I thought that that was, I think might be my favorite scene thinking back. I liked that a lot. And I think I agree with you. I'm sorry. Uh, which scene was that? I don't. He's the the like the skeptic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my party. favorite scene. Yes. yes, that's my favorite scene too. Where I think Zach, you said that the last act kind of left a sour taste in your mouth, and I feel like that might have been what happened to me. I feel like I was more engaged in the middle, mm-hmm. uh, and I might have liked the middle better. So like thinking back on parts of the movie, I did like more, or I was more interested in more parts of it. But I think it struggled at the beginning and it struggled at the end. So that's like. When you think about a movie, I feel like yeah. Afterwards, those are the things you you take away more than anything. Yeah, so like re- remembering back, I didn't like it, but maybe I liked it better than I thought I did. Yeah, yeah, I think, I, and I get what you mean about the ending. I I really do. I I I don't know. For this time through, I think the first time I watched it, I felt the same way. And I think this time through, the ending felt so satisfying to me. Like I really loved. Not yeah, even I didn't have any issues. The with conclusion, it. not even the ending, but just like the last, the last yeah. yeah, like yeah. I was just, I don't know. Because I, like I feel like the focus shifts back a lot more to Freddie. Yeah, in the third act. Yeah, um, it, which I just I just personally was not interested in at all. Um, and I kind of liked it. I feel like in the second act, Freddie kind of fits into this a little bit more of a secondary character where he's kind of almost acting as the muscle for Dodd. Yeah. And then subsequently, like, kind of making things a little dicey for him, too. Yeah. And I yeah. thought that was a really compelling plot point. Uh, and so I, I I didn't mind Freddie kind of in that role. I think why I liked it and it worked for me was it felt, while it, it focused on Freddie, it was still about Dodd to me. Mm. Um and like as a case study of what Dodd is doing to people and like how it has lasting impact on their lives. Yeah. I think I agree with you. That's how I read this movie. The both times I've watched it. That's, Mm -hmm. that's definitely how I read it. Like even as he's like trying to be in an intimate moment with a woman, like he's recanting or recalling the uh, questions that he went through. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, definitely left a a scar there Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. A lot of critics kind of brought up when this movie came out, um, the like almost like, uh, homoerotic undertones between like Dodd and Freddie that like maybe they had a romance and I, I didn't really pick up on that. But then when I read that, I, I thought back to, uh, when they get out of jail cause they had a big fight in jail Mm -hmm. and, uh, and Dodd says to him, I'm the only one who cares about you. Everyone else hates you. And then they sort of reconcile him. When Freddie gets out of jail, they like wrestle in the front yard. And I was like, oh yeah, maybe there was a little bit of a romance between them. And then at the end when he says, you know, choose now, choose the cult or never see me again. And he, Freddie essentially like is like, I, I can't, like I'm not, I'm I'm not choosing the cult. And he says, maybe we'll see each other in another life. And my, my favorite, I think, uh, line in this movie is, uh, Dodd says back to him, uh, when we meet each other in another life, we'll be mortal enemies. 
Like it was just like, I'll, I'll never like kind of forgive you for this. And, but that power he held over him, he cries. And then the next scene he's picking up the girl in the bar and, Mm -hmm. and yeah, to your point, Scott, it, 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 it stuck with Freddie. Like it definitely messed up an already messed up person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just, it like just speaks to like how like quote unquote, like religious, like, leaders or fanatics can like really take advantage of people that are in a hurting state or like need help. Like maybe L Ron Hubbard. Yeah. Who, who Hoffman or I'm sorry, who PTA has said like Dodd is a hundred percent based on, uh, L Ron Hubbard. Uh, but the Scientology is famously litigious. So I'm not going to say anything bad about Scientology on this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> but so he like changed all the names. So as to definitely not have anything that they could, outright sue him for <laughs> oh zach nodded at scott i thought he had i thought i don't even know what that was. had I'm something sorry. to say just yeah. absorbing just yeah, vibing i'm yeah. just i'm i'm with that was directed to tyler the nod. Oh, okay okay what did what did you guys think about uh the score good it was good i don't i don't know that i remember it uh Ch- which uh, oh, sorry I thought you were done. <laughs> no. You thought I was done at mem. I thought you were going to say, uh, I don't really remember. Uh, and I then just trail off. But I think that it was like, maybe that's a good thing. You know, like I, I don't feel like we needed something like really like in the forefront at us. I don't know. I feel like that's been said before on this podcast. And I, I think I disagree. I feel like you should remember. And you, I don't think you need to remember like how a score, like like you could play the melody again in your head, but I think you should remember how it like affects the movie and how you felt about it afterwards. Like, cause I remember thinking like the score is good. Like it's, it's elevating uh, scenes in this movie. Um, and I, I, I thought it was good. I think it was Johnny Greenwood, correct? It was. Yeah. This was the second movie that he had done with uh, PTA. He did the score on There Will Be Blood. And then he's done the score uh, with PTA for all PTA's movies since There Will Be Blood because PTA just loved him, thought he did terrific. Is this, this is pre, this is post There Will Be Blood? This is post There Will Be Blood, yeah. Um, But for those who don't know, uh, he's the uh, guitarist for Radiohead. Yeah. Oh, he's my boy. Yeah, on paper, this movie is like right up your alley. You know, uh, I also didn't love There Will Be Blood the first time I saw it. So maybe like PTA just makes movies that I have to watch more than once before they click. Yeah, that's certainly possible. You didn't love There Will Be Blood the first time? Um, uh, I think you could just re-listen to our episode. (laughs) <laughs> wow okay yeah. <laughs> thanks i think Jake that, that would band it from I think, his yeah. re- re-listen because of right. my rating yeah. That's yeah. True. I, no, yeah i it was not the movie i was expecting it to be and so i went into it with uh just incorrect expectations that they did not meet mm-hmm. so going back and revisiting it i had an idea what i was getting into which i feel like could happen with the master uh-huh I will say with my watch on this, I came in with lower expectations, which I think helped with me enjoying it. So the issue really is Daniel Day-Lewis for you. We'll see on uh, on Gangs of New York. York. Oh, yeah. 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 I think I'll probably be more ready for it. I had never seen Daniel Day-Lewis in anything. And so like the acting just didn't connect. Like it didn't. I don't know. There's something about it that just didn't connect with me. And part of what I think really worked for this movie is I do know Seymour Hoffman and Joaquin Phoenix and I like to see them like act in like a very, you know, their range and yeah. like, but also very well, like it was just more engaging to me. But part of the reason why I came in with a uh, lower expectation was uh, me and Jake were talking about it and he had basically said like, I don't know about it. Yeah. I was going to say, I think I, I might've helped you out there because mm-hmm. the day before I was like, yeah, more I mean, help Tyler out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sure, but helps you have a good experience. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. nice. It's nice to like a movie. Uh, <laughs> it's not Scott's favorite feeling. Yeah, he no. prefers I, to hate him. I yeah. prefer to hate on them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I, I think I was, I think I was like, yeah, like I don't, I never thought it was bad. And I think I told Scott, I was like, I, it wasn't my thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But maybe. Yeah. I think, you know, like we, I brought up at least several times, like I, I always look at movies on a handful of points and I feel like the plot of this movie is so interesting to me from the, yeah, maybe the world war two vet, you know, trying to connect the Scientology thing for sure. I think the dialogue in this movie is second to almost none. Like the dialogue is so good. 
I was going to say that, like, I, I agree with you. I think the dialogue is really, really great. And I think that uh, if very many other directors and scriptwriters had tried this movie, it could have felt really cheesy and just, just bad. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Uh, and I thought it, it's one of the prettier movies I've seen. Like it was just so beautiful. The shot, uh, I can't remember if someone already brought it up. The shot of, um, when, when Freddie first finds the boat that the cult is on and it's all lit up oh, at night yeah. was beautiful. Yeah. Really, really stunning cinematography. Uh, and then, yeah, I loved the score and the acting and the directing. I, f- I feel like we're both superb. The uh, PTA had like really let um, Joaquin Phoenix, at least, uh, really run wild with this movie. He got to improv a lot. And PTA was noticing that uh, Joaquin Phoenix was taking up a lot of space in, in some of the early scenes. And so he told the lighting department that they have to basically be ready to follow him anywhere he wants to go in the set, which is different. Like most of the time actors have marks that they have to hit, pardon me, that they have to hit because of the lighting, Mm -hmm. uh, because they can't just light a whole room, you know, and it look good. Yeah. Otherwise it'll just look super flat. Yeah. Um, but the, I think for PTA to like be able to do that as a director and be able to give, away that much control over a key performance, I think is, is really impressive for a director. Um, I'm curious uh, for you guys' take on something that happens in this movie that I remember watching it thinking this was going to become a big plot point and then it never did. Mm. And I kind of forgot about it and just remembered now uh, that Dodd's daughter like comes on to Freddie. Do you oh yeah, that? when they're in yeah. the house for the first yeah. time. Yeah, and then I know it kind of gets turned around a little bit on him, so maybe that was the I only think, reason. But I think it, that was the payoff, yeah. But why, I guess I'm curious, like, what do you guys think, like, what was going on with the daughter there? Well, I think it's the same thing that's going on with Dodd, where mm-hmm. Dodd is like, it, it seems like maybe really does have like a very odd sexuality, like repressed, maybe, like he's kind of a repressed person. Mm. Like when uh, Amy Adams playing his wife, uh, like, I don't know how I'm going to say this. We might have to bleep it, but like gives him a hand job in the bathroom Mm -hmm. and like just their whole interaction was very like weird. And then even Joaquin is like obsessed with sex throughout the whole movie, Mm -hmm. but he, he doesn't have sex until the almost very last scene the second to last scene in the whole movie. And so I think there is like a, a component to the story about like really repressed, screwed up mm. uh, or overinflated sex drives. I have a, a question about uh, it's just in you guys made me think about it. That scene where they were at the party and then everybody was naked all of a sudden that didn't really happen. Right. Like that was him like watch like like a, it was like he was like fell asleep. No, I think that really happened. I think it happened. Oh, that was weird. Yeah. I forgot that that I think I blocked that out. Yeah. Of my mind until you started talking. Well, and I think part of it is like, this is a, a cult and there's like some sexual stuff that happens in this cult ex- as well. Like it was just adding to like the cult. Yeah. Uh, and lore. like everyone calls him master. Uh huh. Like yeah. just very like, you know, it was, it was so jarring to me though that I thought that had to have been like a dream sequence. And I, <laughs> right? I wondered the same thing though. Yeah. Like I wonder, is this, you know, yeah, is this, is this really happening or not? And I actually, I just remember that Laura Dern is in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Another person that I I don't really have a good reason to not like, but I don't like <laughs> No, I, I I liked her in this. I thought she was played an interesting character. Uh and again, like just because like an exploration of like American cults, that there always are those like sort of tangential, really like high profile type figures that draw in the the masses. Uh-huh. you know um and uh i that's that's super fascinating to me this i don't think i said it on air but paul thomas anderson is is i guess really close friends with tom cruise and so he he gave him a private showing in his home of this film before it came out and tom cruise lost it he was really angry and upset in particular the the part where uh val played by jesse plemons says like he his dad's making this up as he goes along because Elron Hubbard Jr. famously 
says the same thing about L. Ron Hubbard. Mm-hmm. And so that was like uh, a, a bridge too far for Tom Cruise. And he, he got super angry with, with PTA. Mm-hmm. So I was just laughing because in the middle of you saying all that, Scott turned around and just Googled Jurassic Who's- Park. <laughs> oh, nice. Mostly because uh, you brought up Laura Dern and she was in uh, social. She was trending this, this week. Oh, this oh last yeah. Week for being 23 during Jurassic Park. And her romantic love interest, uh, I forget the actor's name, Sam Neill, yeah. was over 40. And they were just talking about like how in like Hollywood, like it's okay for a 23-year-old to be like in a romantic relationship with someone who's 20 years older than them. Mm. But I just thought of it, and that's why I was Googling it. <laughs> so you just wanted to look up how old they were in Jurassic Park? No, I, I, I was trying to look up his name. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Oh, okay, <laughs> now I understand. Look at the cast? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was trying to f- figure out Sam Neill's name. I didn't remember it. Nice. This is like Scott installing a ceiling fan while he's watching The Master. <laughs> he's just Googling Jurassic Park characters while we're having a conversation. But apparently it works. Like, because, yeah. you know, like we think he's uninterested, but maybe he's just really good at multitasking. Yeah, I'm just multitasking. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, we, we had kind of talked about it a little bit, um, but uh, I just wanted to circle back to my, my all time favorite scene is when he's the the scene with the skeptic and he uh how dodd like explodes because he's such a like very very charismatic but very like refined reserved you know person for the most part compared to joaquin phoenix but in that scene he like briefly like loses it loses it and that was like that might be one of my favorite that for me is up there with Daniel Day Lewis and like drainage, you know, like or uh, Paul Dano in the in the church, mm-hmm. like Dano in the church. Like for me, it was just like, oh my gosh, like this this moment, this performance is so good that it's like I I can't like it took me out of it in a good way. Like I had to kind of like I had to kind of sit with it for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was when I first realized like, um, oh, this character isn't who he says he is. Like he is a lot more working underneath. Yeah. And he's putting up a front for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. I I didn't even really necessarily make that connection, but I I think you're right. I I agree with you. Cause it's like, Oh, this guy's really getting to him. Like we're starting to, this is the true Lancaster Dodd. Yeah. That we're seeing here. He's frustrated that his front's not working. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think we got that maybe even before we met him. Or like, maybe like, or maybe right after we met him, they were talking, and they're like, "Oh, well, he comes out on this boat because he can't handle the criticism, so he writes out here." Like, that's right. Like that, yeah. I, so I, I kind of thought that's who he was from the beginning. Okay, you know, yeah, fair enough. I must have missed that part when I was installing my ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> Another uh, recast um, that uh, the or the or potential cast that we didn't get uh, was Dodd's daughter. Uh, was originally going to be Emma Stone. Mm, interesting, huh. but that then worked. Yeah, then with time, it just didn't work out. So, and then it was a, kind of a no-name actor that that got cast in it. I didn't really, I didn't really know her at all. Yeah, I didn't either. But I, f- I feel like that could have worked. I feel like Emma Stone could look like Amy Adams' daughter. Yeah, totally. I think so. Well, wait, hold on. Dodd's daughter is not Amy Adams. Was not. Dodd's daughter's mother, right? She was a I don't think no, so. Yeah, oh. I think you're yeah. right. Yeah, okay. he, he had multiple wives, I believe. I think okay. so. I yeah. Just, I just assumed. Yeah. This young wife was... <laughs> <laughs> that she had her when she was like 13. Oh, it's, it's a uh, it's it's cold. Yeah, it's yeah, fair. It's, true. it's fair. Yeah. It's fair. <laughs> fair point. I, I, I take it back. You're right. Uh, anything that uh, in particular that we haven't talked about that didn't work for you guys? That, I mean, I think we kind of talked about it, but that scene where everybody was naked was so weird for me. I, I, I wanted, I had to pause for a little bit. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. To be fair, it wasn't everybody naked. It was just, just the, the women. women. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which was weirder. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It is but weirder. Also sure. feels more cultish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I had to, I had to like take a minute. Like after that scene, I had to like take a minute to be like, okay, you got to finish. You got to power through. Uh, but I didn't, I was like, man, that, that really threw me for a loop. <laughs> I, I finished watching this movie in Croatia and immediately after uh, started rewatching The Vow because like it did such a good job of like and that scene in particular really sold the like cult nature of this for me. Uh-huh. 
uh, when they were in the desert doing the the bike, they were riding for exhilaration. Oh yeah. Um, as soon as Freddie got on, I was like, he's not coming back. I thought so too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I really thought so too. And then uh, I also thought when so he drives away, and then it kind of cuts scenes to him back at that girl's house. Yeah. And I thought for sure he was going to like blow up at the mom or like something was going to trigger him. Oh, I was yeah. surprised that he was more mellow and was just like, well, you know, glad she's happy. Yeah. I was like, oh, that just didn't feel like what this character's response was going to be. I was expecting yeah. a blow of some kind. Yeah. Because he was so volatile at mm-hmm. every other stage of this movie, mm-hmm. but it could really be like the, like he was already volatile, but then like Dodd maybe made that worse. Maybe, yeah. He, uh, I don't know. He, he was violent a lot. He just, he just would fight everyone. Just when he's when he's in the picture studio yeah. and just like. And then that guy, he's like, can, can we go talk real quick? And just beats him up outside. <laughs> I did think it was funny when he's taking the, in the very beginning, he's uh, the photographer and he puts the lamp like right against the guy. Oh my guys, God. It's hot. And, and he like pushes it away and then he moves it up. He's like, you're making me sweat. <laughs> that scene it was, it was like pregnant with intensity for me. Like, uh-huh. I was just like, oh my gosh, like this is so uncomfortable and awkward. And Joaquin Phoenix just like, I I would have hated to be that other actor. Really. I got, I mean, I this is not the movie's fault at all, but I got a little bit pulled out at that point because that guy plays uh, Dan Doherty on Deadwood. And uh, I was like, oh, hey, no way. And then I was just like, that's pretty cool. And then I was like, oh, stuff's happening. I need to pay attention. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's, it's really interesting um, that, like, Tyler, you, you said that this movie started as just a collection of scenes and how Jake, then you said, like, you could see how that's the case. And I'm, I'm starting to see how I feel like a lot of PTA movies feel that way. And I think I'm, I'm thinking back to other movies that I've seen where I feel like I come away from a lot of PTA movies thinking there were scenes in this movie that I loved, but I don't know if, like all brought together, I really loved the finished product. And I'm thinking through Licorice Pizza right now because there's there are like parts of that movie that I really, really liked. Yeah, I think there were some good scenes. And some really funny scenes and uh-huh. some really great performances. And I felt the same way with like Punch Drunk Love um, and Magnolia for sure. Um, and it's really, that, that's got to just be like a PTA thing. You know? I think it is like, because you think about some of those movies and it really is like, there, there aren't transitions between scenes where like every other director and writer sort of writes like one continuous story or if they don't, it, they give you like a two months later, five years later kind of transition points uh-huh. where like PTA, it's like you just have a, a long scene that's very intense with these characters interacting and then you have the next scene that's long and very intense with all these characters interacting and there's no transition between them. You don't know how much time has passed. You don't know. They don't, yeah. they're not very self-referential. The scenes aren't like they don't refer back to other points in the movie. They just sort of live as these like a collection of short films or short stories all about these same characters. Yeah. I I, I wish that I like liked PTA is as a director more like I wish I enjoyed his movies more than I do because he seems like a cool dude like he he is friends with Johnny Greenwood he puts the Heim in his movie and I love that band and he loves workaholics like he just seems like a cool dude well and he's pretty young too like yeah. you, you would expect a, like someone who puts out movies like this to be like Spielberg's age or you know Ron Howard or something like that but I think today he's like 42 or something like oh, that oh wow yeah. Like he's a young director for having like handled these huge performances from huge actors. Wow. So yeah, I mean, I guess like that must be a little bit weird in like a situation like this to be like what a 32 year old. And then you know, he's got to like direct and like order around Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. In, in this kind of role. Scott, or, look up, scroll up real quick he, to, to him. Paul Thomas Anderson. Let's see if it'll, it, it should tell us his age. Even to that point too, like just five years previous, he's doing that as probably what 27, 26 with 
Daniel Day Lewis, you know? Yeah. And like, that's my age. Yeah. So he's, fif- I know. he's 52 now, but oh, yeah, okay. like he would have been 42 when this he would have been 42 when okay. this came out. Yeah. But it's still like in his mid thirties, like directing Daniel Day Lewis and getting one of the best performances out of him, you know? Yeah. yeah. But Daniel Day Lewis is such like a no name. Nobody. That's true. Else. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. If it wasn't for PTA, like he wouldn't even, who be would he even be? Yeah. That's uh, yeah, kind of true. Actually, I guess maybe right. Do you, you think PTA told them exactly what kind of slurping noises to make? <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a good. That was a good. DDA. <laughs> You're killing it. All he, right. He should have just cast you. He, he really should have. I would have killed it. You would have liked the movie more. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I don't know if we would have though. I don't know. What's what's the other character's name? Paul Dano? Yeah. That's the actor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would have been great acting alongside him. Yeah. You would have. But I guess the character's name was also Paul, right? I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was Paul. Anyway. I don't remember. Uh, well, I, I don't think I have anything else that I wanted to bring up from this from this film. I, I think that we've we've covered it just about. Jake, you said you didn't like or you said you don't like, or no, Zach, you said you don't like Joaquin Phoenix. I also said I don't like Joaquin Phoenix. If you could recast his character in this with any other actor, who would you recast? That's the thing is like, I feel like he was right for it. Uh, I just don't like him. Yeah, I would say the same thing. Like, I I think he is incredible. I think he's an amazing actor. It just, he doesn't play characters that I ever uh, emotionally connect with at all. Mm -hmm. The only time I think that I liked his character was in Signs. You know, mm-hmm. oh, I yeah, seen signs. Sure, you've never seen signs. No, oh, that's oh. going on the list. That have, might be my movie for October. That yeah, might have that, just replaced yeah, it. Yeah, I think yeah. I would rather you do that. Yeah, me yeah. too. Me yeah. too. Sick. I really uh, like signs. I do too. It's I'm excited. It worked out great. Yeah, yeah, this was a great episode, guys. <laughs> yeah, good job, everyone. Good job. I'm bump this movie up a point. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I really thought I was telling my stepdad the, the next morning after I'd watched this. Uh, cause I was, I was on vacation with my family when I saw this and, uh, I woke up the next morning and I was like, yeah, I, uh, watched this movie and we were talking about it. And I said, either, uh, Joaquin Phoenix is one of the best actors alive today or someone I would never want to interact with in real life. <laughs> I think, I think both. he's both. Yeah. <laughs> I really think he's both. I I've like in podcasts that I've listened to with movie critics who interview, uh, actors, they've said that he's the hardest person to interview. I yeah, I they want to punch that. his face or no? Just he's, he doesn't engage. He's hostile. Uh, yeah, like he's. I've seen him in interviews before, and he's like very hostile. Is it because his brother died? Yeah, probably. Like, <laughs> maybe Rip right. River, R.I.P. River. <laughs> yeah, maybe yep. because he like was brought up in a cult. <laughs> yeah, oh, it, yeah, it could it could have something to do with that, and and probably I'm pretty sure he had a really bad drug spell there as well probably in a failed rap career damage walking phoenix at a rap career i think i mean i think so that was that whole documentary thing that i'm not there i didn't watch it was a mockumentary yeah yeah but because it was all performance art right you know that was uh, the failed joke but like i think that it was that he tried to have a rap career i haven't even heard of it this this was his first role since after that really yeah and he had said that like doing that performance art project like kind of ruined his chances of ever getting another job and then pta gave him this so he's he's killing it now yeah Yeah. it's kind of a big name kind of a big deal yeah well what do you guys say we put this one in the books let's do it let's do it ty you're gonna be up first all right uh i'm going to give this a 9.4 uh 9.4 uh uh liters of uh poison concocted for alcoholic purposes jake uh we we talked me up on this i think a fair amount so i'm gonna go ahead and give this uh in eight sand sculptures violated (laughs) (laughs) and i'm going to give this uh 8.4 dirt bikes driven into the sunset um i also got talked up on this one too. So I'm going to give this 8.2 uh, fights that Freddie got in during this movie. Actually, Scott, I'm gonna, before we come out with that, I'm going to amend because I was actually thinking about it earlier today and I think I talked myself up a little bit and I want to, I want to go back. It's a nine flat for me. Sorry. 
I think it's okay if I adjust down though. That's right? fine. That's fine. On your I think on my own movie, if I adjust down. I think down. if you you can make any adjustments before the pronouncement, as long as you're not looking at the percentage on the screen. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. Which I can never see the screen. So. All right. Well, the, <laughs> this comes out to an eighty-three percent. Uh, once again, the other guys gave this eighty-four percent, so we're right there with them. And then IMDb gave it a seven point two, and this is an eighty-three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I feel All like right, it's pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's I think that's really that that's where I'd put it. It's in the very very tentatively in the top third. Yeah, it's ranked uh, thirty-one out of ninety-seven. So pretty good. I'm glad the PTA is not mad at you anymore, Scott. <laughs> no, he still is. <laughs> I think I think he might be even more mad because he said that this is the movie he's most proud of. But Scott liked it. Yeah, but not enough for PTA. <laughs> not enough. Yeah, not enough. I to... rated it higher than Zach and Jake. Oh, it's true. That's true. But not high enough for PTA. <laughs> not high <laughs> enough for PTA, yeah. All right. Well, what are we uh what are we jumping into next week? Next week we're going to Coos. We are going to be watching The Usual Suspects. Very much uh, a movie you absolutely should have seen by now. And I, th- I think it, it's more of a, I, you know, we, we branded this as a me and Scott are the movie guys and you guys are the film guys. I feel like this is a movie. Yeah, I think you so know? too. Yeah. Yeah. We're going from a film to a movie. Is that yeah. what you mean? Yeah. We're like, you know, like this is like, a, it's a good time. It's not like, I don't think it's well, like, don't, it, yeah. Don't give anything sorry, away. Sorry. Yeah, save, yeah. It, save it for next week. And I'll you just know? say we, uh, even though he's the star of the film, we don't condone anything Kevin Spacey has done <laughs> ever, <laughs> ever just, in his life. We're, we're gonna we're gonna make that disclaimer at least six more times. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get ahead of it here. We're gonna say it four times in the episode, and then two more times the episode after. That. Our opening next week is actually gonna just be a disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, Scott, do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here? What is Kevin Spacey?